Well, hello and happy Easter. Uh, my name is Warren, I'm one of the pastors and it's my privilege uh, to spend the next 15 or so minutes with you now thinking about the significance of Good Friday. And I'm sure you, that you would agree in the first three and a half months of 2020, we've witnessed some incredible scenes of extraordinary bravery. Scenes of men and women putting their lives on the line for the sake of others. First, there were the devastating bushfires, where we saw emergency responders like firefighters bravely protecting lives and property. And then more recently, during the COVID-19 crisis, we've seen doctors and nurses on the front lines putting their own health at risk to save others. Yes, in both instances, we've seen people acting selflessly and with great courage. Now, I don't know if you realise this, but here in Australia, there's a particular medal that's awarded to recognise significant acts of bravery. It's called the Star of Courage. But you have to do something pretty outstanding in order to get one of these. And so it's pretty rare that anyone does. But there's one story that I heard a few years ago about a particular recipient that I've never been able to forget. It's a story that really moved me. It involves an American man named Robert Cook, who, at the age of 22, was awarded the Star of Courage posthumously. Now, Robert was a skydiving instructor, and one day he was supervising a 21-year-old Australian woman named Kimberly Deer, who was in America at the time and decided to go skydiving for the very first time. Shortly after their plane took off, it had total engine failure and it began to plummet back down to earth. It took 16 seconds for the plane to fall and hit the ground. And I can't begin to imagine the absolute uh, terror in the hearts of the passengers during those 16 seconds. Absolutely powerless to do anything, totally helpless. Well, it was during those 16 seconds, however, that Robert turned to Kimberly and told her to focus on his instructions. He told her to sit on his lap. And then she did. And then he clipped his harness onto her. And then he told her to lean up against him and to brace herself. Then he wrapped his arms around her, embracing her so that he could take the full force of the impact. And that's exactly what happened. And so, where Kimberly survived the crash, sadly, Robert didn't. Don't you find that just an incredibly moving story of extraordinary bravery? Well, today is, of course, Good Friday, a day in which Christians all around the world remember another extraordinary act of bravery, uh, the death of Jesus Christ a man who lived 2,000 years ago, though he was no ordinary man. No, Jesus proved himself to be the one and only Son of God. Now, as God's Son, Jesus had lived with his Father in heaven since forever. But then, at one point in history, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born into the world. From a baby, he grew into a child, and then into a teenager, and then into a man. And then at age 33, Jesus died. He died not in a plane crash, but nailed to a wooden cross, executed, Roman style, crucified. 
Of course, on the surface, there's nothing particularly brave about that. I mean, many thousands of people died at the hands of the Roman authorities, nailed to wooden crosses. But it's the death of Jesus that is especially important to Christians. Why is that? Well, in the same way that Robert Cook gave his life for the sake of Kimberley Deer on that aeroplane, Jesus gave his life for the sake of others. Here, let me show you what I mean. Today, I want us to look together at just one single verse from the Bible. One sentence. It comes from a part of the Bible called Romans chapter 5, verse 6. And this is what it says. It says, At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. So what does that mean? Well, let's think about this sentence for a little while. But let's start at its end, because I think that'll actually make things a little easier for us. You see the last bit of that sentence? It says, Christ died for the ungodly. So Robert Cook died to save Kimberly Deer, but Jesus Christ died to save the ungodly. So we ask, who are they? I mean, who are the ungodly? Well, they are people who are ungodlike. You see, that's what the word ungodly means, ungodlike. People who are nothing like God, people who are, in fact, the opposite to what God is like. So think about it, what is God like? Well, he is perfect and good, isn't he? Totally kind. He's, he's always generous, always truthful, always unselfish. So then Jesus died for people who are the opposite to that. He, he died for people who have been unkind, people who have been dishonest, people who have been unselfish, lustful, greedy. That's the kind of person Jesus died for. He died for the ungodly. And when did he die? Well, look with me now at the beginning of this sentence. It says that he died at just the right time when we were still powerless. Now, there's lots of interesting stuff to notice here. Firstly, notice that little word, we. Do you see it? When we were still powerless. It actually tells us more precisely about the identity of those Christ died for, doesn't it? He died for we, um, that is, we human beings, you and me, all of us, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for us. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought of yourself as being ungodly, but according to the Bible, you are. So am I. And it's true, isn't it, that at times we've all shown ourselves to be ungodlike, haven't we? You know, unkind, dishonest, selfish, lustful, greedy. But we, re we need to realise that it doesn't just make us God's opposites, it makes us his opposition, his enemies. And that's a big problem. Because opposing the God who created us rightly makes him angry. And once God is angry with us, 
we're powerless to fix the problem. You know, it's a bit like once those engines failed on that skydiving plane. Well, Kimberly, dear, there's nothing that she could do but plummet to the ground with the inevitable consequences. She, she was helpless. And the fact is, we have all made God angry. And now we are powerless to, do, to escape God's death penalty for what we have done. It's like we are all plummeting helplessly right into hell. Now, some people try to get back on the right side of God by simply trying harder, you know, by striving to be the best person they can, by, by striving to be the most moral person they can. But look again at how the Bible describes us here. It describes us as powerless. We're powerless to save ourselves. Which means that any efforts we make to, on our own to get right with God and earn heaven are as effective as, well, as effective as, as flapping our arms when our plane has taken a nosedive. You see, it's really important for us to recognise both the seriousness of our sin and also our powerlessness to save ourselves. Because only then will we fully understand just how amazing, just how wonderful Good Friday is. Only then will we truly get why it is called Good Friday in the first place. And why is it so good? Well, because on that very first Good Friday, Christ died for the ungodly. It's like we have made ourselves enemies with God. We were plummeting helplessly towards hell. But when Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross, it's as though he wrapped his arms around us, embracing us tightly, taking upon himself the full impact of God's anger and judgment taking upon himself the full force of hell so that we could walk away unscathed. Now there is an incredible story of extraordinary bravery for you. And it's exactly why we Christians celebrate on Good Friday as we remember what Jesus has done for us. So then how should you respond to all of this, what should you do? How should you respond to such extraordinary bravery? How should you respond to Jesus Christ who gave his life for you? Well, I think it's pretty obvious, don't you? Two things. Firstly, firstly, if you haven't already, you need to put your trust in Jesus, recognising that you, like the rest of humanity, are a sinner. And that as it stands, you will one day face the dreadful judgment of God. You need to put your trust in Jesus, recognising that by yourself you are powerless to change the situation. That no accumulation of good deeds, no perfect attendance at church, no amount of money given away to charity, no, nothing you do can ever save you. 
Instead, you've got to trust Jesus. Just like Kimberly Deer trusted Robert Cook and relied on him to save her. Friend, Jesus died for you to save you from your sin. So first thing you need to do is put your trust in him. Take hold of the salvation that he so freely offers you today. And secondly, secondly, once you have put your trust in Jesus, well, surely it only makes sense that you'd, you'd erupt with thanks and honour and praise. I mean, think about how people responded to the sacrificial actions of Robert Cook. He was honoured with the Star of Courage medal, wasn't he? And you know, at his funeral, Kimberly's dad stood up and announced to all, I will think of him as my son. Robert Cook has been highly honoured for his sacrifice. As for the firefighters, well, well, do you remember how people responded to their actions? There were countless messages of thanks, weren't there? Our nation overflowed with deep appreciation for their heroic efforts. And as for those currently fighting to save lives from the COVID-19 virus, well, even as I speak, streets around the world are quite literally filled with their praises. People from all walks of life, rich and poor, young and old, have filled the air with the sounds of joyful praise. Amazing scenes, aren't they? Yet as great and deserving as all these people are, Friends, how much more worthy is Jesus to receive from us thanks and honour and praise, both now and for all eternity? For Jesus, the sinless Son of God, gave his life for us sinners and rose again to give us eternal hope. How right and good it is that people of every nation and every walk of life now live lives of thanksgiving in response. How right and good it is that we now honour Jesus by saying sorry to him for our sin and by striving to live lives that please him in all that we do. And how right and good it is that we now fill the air with his praises making known of all his great acts of salvation to anyone who will listen, declaring to the whole world what he has done, that on that first Good Friday, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Let's pray. Well, dear God, we are truly sorry for our sin, for all the ways we have opposed you in our lives. God, we know that, the, that this has made you angry and has justly brought your eternal judgment on us. 
Dear God, thank you for Jesus, who alone can save us. Thank you for Jesus, who on the cross took into himself the full impact of your anger and judgment, facing hell on our behalf so that we could walk away unharmed. Dear God, we thank you and praise you for Jesus and for his wonderful sacrifice. What a joy it is to know him and to live for him. So please help us to now honour our Saviour in all that we do. In his name we pray. Amen.